I'm not sitting on the sideline getting cute with Terry McLaurin's matchups. I think he's a legitimately good wide receiver in the NFL, and I feel comfortable consistently starting him week in, week out. He's only due to top 100 receiving yards against the Philadelphia Eagles last year. He did it twice. The Wag Me Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Colin Garini and Nick Musto. All right, so 13 teams had some shakeup in their coaching staff that impacts fantasy football, either a new head coach or an offensive coordinator. I'm going to change some variables around. Let's get ahead of the curve. Six NFC teams, seven AFC teams having a head coaching change. Nick, you ready to dive in? I'm ready. All right, first, we'll just go through them alphabetically ordered. Uh, makes more sense in my brain. Arizona Cardinals, they've fired head coach slash play caller Cliff Kingsbury. They hired um, Jonathan Gannon, the former Eagles defensive coordinator, as their new head coach. Gannon brought in Drew Petzing um, as the offensive coordinator this year for Arizona. He served as the Browns quarterback coach in 2022. He was their tight end coach beforehand. And we don't really know much about this guy. We've never seen Petzing call plays before, but Gannon's focal point obviously was to find the right match for Kyler Murray. One thing we do know is Petzing's worked around quarterbacks, wideouts, and tight ends around the league for a decade. So he's familiar with how to build a useful passing game and that he's worked at Harvard and Yale. So he's probably pretty smart if I were to guess, right? I would think he's a pretty smart guy if he's an Ivy League guy. Um, it's worth noting that Murray likely won't be available at the start of the season um, coming off of the ACL tear. Uh, Petsing had some experience by juggling between uh, Jacoby Brissett and Deshaun Watson in Cleveland last year. So, so he is familiar with the situation of not having his starting guy to begin the season, and that's likely what will happen in Kyler Murray's case. Um, our verdict here is that we're – the jury's still out on how this coaching change will end up affecting the Cardinals offense. We saw a, a decent uh, producing offense last season with the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, James Conner. They were all able to produce Zach Ertz, Kyler Murray, all able to produce. Now we see some changes coming in and we also don't have, they also don't have their quarterback. Um, I, the way I'd approach it is that, James Conner will not be affected very much. He's a volume machine. That's how he's made his money in Arizona. But I would shy away from Hollywood um, in an offense without Kyler Murray and in a new offensive coordinator. It's just not nothing is pointing me towards Hollywood at this point. What about his old team? Um, yeah. So speaking of Hollywood, we can move into the Baltimore Ravens. They fired off. Um, fired offensive coordinator Greg Roman and hired OC Todd Monken, um, who is Georgia's offensive coordinator for the past three seasons. Um, their passing game is ranked in the bottom five last year under Greg Roman. Now, that could be because of the absence of Lamar Jackson, his poor play, and then the poor play of Tyler Huntley, also their lack of wide receivers. Um, but it's not encouraging to see that that has changed. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, only 178 yards per game passing last year. Um, so pretty piss poor. And that's going to change under Todd Monken. He is pretty – he has a decorated resume. He served as offensive coordinator in Tampa for three years from 2016 to 2018. 
He was the OC in Cleveland in 2019. And the last three years, he's been Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs OC. Back-to-back NCAA champions who averaged 40 points and nearly 500 yards per game um, over the last two years. So he's he's just been pretty dominant at the collegiate level. Now it's time to tackle the pros again. And Monken's been a big part in bringing OBJ back in. Um, OBJ's last thousand yard season happened when Monken was his OC in Cleveland in 2019. What's this mean for fantasy football? So I think the spin that we would put on this is it's, it's a good improvement for fantasy football purposes. Um, I think it boosts Rashad Bateman's ceiling um, as we should see a more pass heavy approach. Um, now, do you think um, let's just say, let's assume Lamar's back there. Who are you drafting first Rashad Bateman or Odell Beckham jr. I think I'm going Bateman just because he's been on the team longer and we haven't seen OBJ play since his short stint with the Rams where he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. And he was okay when he played for the Rams, but he was decent that year. He was, yeah, he was, he was a good addition for them and he, and he affected them in their Super Bowl run. But how much of that was just the Sean McVay scheme coming together? I don't know. I'm taking Bateman. I've seen him this season break off long touchdowns off little slant routes I'm going to take the guy with more juice. I think Bateman, um, six drops off 28 targets this past year. I just don't want him. I'm okay leaving him like roadkill or uh, trash on the highway, you know? It's a good point. I don't don't necessarily want him either, but between him and OBJ, I'd take him. Um, I could also see this being good for Dobbins. Hopefully an improved offense would mean more touchdown possibility and opportunity. Um, The guy's going to have a healthy season season for the first time in like his career it feels like um I know that's not true but he's been injured for a very long time I don't think that Andrews is affected much I think he stays as the second tight end drafted behind Travis Kelsey um Dobbins so Baltimore has been the most run heavy offense over the past couple years right um so they're gonna tilt in favor of an air raid offense. I'm not saying they're going to go full-blown West Coast offense um, on the league's ass, but they're still going to throw a little bit more. Do you think J.K. Dobbins is going to see um, volume on par with what it was in last year's offense when he was splitting time with Gus Edwards and recovering from injury, or do you see a boost on top of that volume right there? I see a boost. I think that he eats away more of Gus Edwards' role in the offense as well. I think that Dobbins is going to have a great season. I like He's someone that I would be targeting in all drafts right now. I really like him. All right. Suit yourself. Switch, <laughs> flipping back over the NFC Carolina Panthers. They hired Frank Reich as their head coach, who got fired midway last season um, as a Colts head coach, and he was the Eagles offensive coordinator for a handful of years. Just Let's read off the guys that he's worked with. He was Peyton Manning's QB coach in Indianapolis for quite a while. That's how he um, made it to the big leagues. You know, that's how he became one who fields coordinator and head coach positions. Was Philip Rivers offensive coordinator for a short stint in San Diego? Yes, it was San Diego then. He won a Super Bowl with the Eagles um, in 2017 or 2018. Started one Sylvania trend. Coached Andrew Luck as the head coach of the Colts 
Um, so he's been around these big quarterbacks, prolific with talent. Uh, I'm not sure who his quarterback will be uh, as of this airing. We're four days away from the NFL draft. It's probably going to release the same day as the draft. So maybe we can revisit this. Um, but he's going to have little to work with. Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark make a pretty mediocre skill set group. But Philly averaged 29 points per game in their Super Bowl season. Colts averaged 27 points per game in Reich's first season. So crazier things have happened. Uh, he's had an overall solid track record. What's the verdict for fantasy football here? I, I Again, I think this is another good thing for fantasy football. I think that with a rookie quarterback, Miles um, Sanders should see significant work. He's the only Panther I'm excited about as of now is Miles Sanders. I mean, we saw Foreman post multiple games, five games over 118 rush yards in 2022 when he took over the backfield, him and Chuba Hubbard, who also was able to perform well. Go ahead. Yeah, and Wright comes from Philadelphia, who's uh, run first offense, and he's leaving from Indianapolis, who was a run first offense with JT, um, Quentin Nelson on their line. Miles Sanders, you you throw him in that borderline RB1 threshold. I could see it based off sheer volume. Um, but is that your is that your your uh standard where you're throwing them at i see him yeah low end rb1 high end rb2 as of now um something to consider though is 66 percent of sanders rushing yards came before contact last year and that was in philadelphia is there any concern with a downgraded offensive line for him yeah i think so and that's why i'm a little bit more skeptical than maybe some other people are including yourself um I still think he's going to volume his way to relevance, but I'm not sure if he's going to match his efficiency he had in Philadelphia. Speaking of Philadelphia, let's go right across the division. Dallas Cowboys, they they fired OC Kellen Moore, hired OC Brian Schottenheimer. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. He was an analyst with the Cowboys last year. This um, change in personnel is a bit confusing considering that Dallas was top seven in scoring three of the last four years. Perhaps Kellen Moore was a scapegoat for their playoff lows. What do you think? Uh, there's a chance. I, I just don't understand, like, the the quotes coming from the Cowboys. We're scoring too much. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, <laughs> hey, Some people I, don't I, like scoring. Yeah. I mean, 2020 was – geez, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Let me pick back up. So Schottenheimer, their new their new hire. Um, this is his fourth stint as an OC in the NFL. His last being in Seattle from 2018 to 2020, um, which was his most successful. Seattle was top ten in scoring each of those three years. He was an OC, and it was an incredible year. 2020, the last with Schottenheimer in charge. It was incredible for fantasy football what Seattle did. Russell Wilson, career-high 360 fantasy points, QB6 finish on the year. Chris Carson, RB17 in just 12 games. DK Metcalf, um, wide receiver 7 on the year. Tyler Lockett, wide receiver 9. And Mike McCarthy, you go in on Mike McCarthy. Um, This is concerning me. Mike McCarthy was announced as the play caller for 2023. I'm not a big fan. Mike McCarthy is a run first guy. He did it with his career in Green Bay. Um, 
I would expect a lot of work for Tony Pollard, and I think that's great for fantasy. However, if you're rooting for one of their receivers to like have their best season yet, I, I would be hesitant to do so. Um, it doesn't help that Brandon Cooks has came in and he will take away from C.D. Lamb. Um, I, 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 I'm not taking C.D. out of my top 12, but I do see his upside being capped just because I think that this team will approach with more of a run first mentality. Yeah, and I see this as a neutral to negative change for fantasy football. Colin Moore, I mean, we know how high scoring and high pace that offense was. It's good for fantasy football. Slowing it down like Mike McCarthy's talking about isn't. Two quotes I have for you. 20 to 30%, these are both from Mike McCarthy. 20 to 30% of the offense will change. And I don't desire to be the number one offense in the league. I want to be the number one team in the league with the number of wins, the number one number of wins in a championship. And if we got to give up some production and take care of the ball better to get that, that's what we'll do. I don't like that. It's not good, not good vernacular for a fantasy football player. Um, that, that indicates that they're going to be playing more football and less arcade and less fantasy football. Um, so I'm not too pleasant about this exchange. Yeah, it's definitely not what I wanted to hear either. Um, let's move on to the Denver Broncos. They fired their head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, um, and hired Sean Payton. So that, I think, only means good things for us, and we'll get into that. Um, offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi, formerly from the Chargers, um, is now in Denver as well. I think that this is – going to boost the running back production, the receiver production and Russell Wilson's production. Um, Peyton Saints offenses were top five in scoring um, nine out of the 15 seasons. He was there top five in total offense, 10 out of the 15 seasons. He was there um, 17 out of 18 seasons as either New York giants offensive coordinator or saints offensive coordinator. Um, their offense was inside top 13 in total yards. Yeah, and uh, Joe Lombardi, who the new offensive coordinator, he coached Justin Herbert um, last year. Part of his historical start to the career. But who who really cares? Uh, Sean Payton's calling the plays here. I think it's light years better than what Nathaniel Hackett could do for fantasy football last year. Um, Javante Williams is hurt to start the season. They signed Samaji P. Ryan as their backup running back. Um, how valuable is Pirine this year in fantasy? As long as Javante's out, Pirine should be – he's not going to be drafted high because he, he we know that he won't have an entire season under his belt and that when Williams comes back, he'll probably take over that backfield. But I think that as long as he's out there, Samaj Pirine has a huge ceiling. He'll be used in the red zone. He'll be used in the receiving game. He'll be their go-to guy in most situations. Uh, they it's released not- Chase Edmonds, correct? Yeah, uh, Edmonds finds himself in. Oh shoot, I'm kicking myself in the foot. It doesn't matter <laughs> where he's at. Tampa Bay. That's where he went. Okay. He went to Tampa Bay. Um, but I had a thought in my head. Now I think a- that Samaj P. Ryan really fits the Sean Payton style of running back. Oh, we, he loves to throw to his running backs. So last year we saw Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams split pretty 50-50. Started leaning. Williams's favor um, shortly before he got hurt. So Samaji P. Ryan isn't going to challenge Javante once Javante's back in for touches like Gordon did, 
or um, are we going to see that 50-50 split? It depends on health. Like we're ba- this answer is completely contingent on the health of Javante Williams. Like if he's not 100% and it's obvious to the coaching staff, Samaje Piran is going to remain the running back that you want to have in fantasy in this offense. Um, but like if, if we get news that Javante Williams is like back to normal, like he's, he's somehow his knee is stronger than it used to be. Like he's got a bionic leg now, like then Javante Williams should take it over. And, and Samaje Piran should fall back to being a third down back. I think Piran's one of my favorite um, discount rack running backs, mm-hmm. but that, that could change. There's a ton of time until draft season. Moving down to the AFC South, the Houston Texans, they fired head coach Lovey Smith. They hired D'Amico Ryans as their new head coach last year. He was a defensive coordinator for the 49ers, um, really successful NFL linebacker a decade ago. Now he's one of the highest rising up-and-coming coordinators into head coaching um, persons. I don't know, better word for that. Uh, <laughs> but offensive coordinator, he brings along with him. From San Francisco to Houston, that's Bobby Slowick. He was the 49ers passing game coordinator. The Texans now have their fifth head coach in the last nine years. The hope of the addition of Ryans and Slowick is that they can translate the Niners game plan perfectly over to Houston. A lot different personnel. You don't have Fred Warner there in your defense. Um, You don't have Christian McCaffrey in your backfield by all means. Um, However, we are going to see little bit of some pages getting ripped out of their book directly in the Houston's. We're going to see the passing game, um, short, intricate um, throws that aren't really downfield at all, similar to what San Francisco did. Debo Samuel was used close to the line of scrimmage. Big yak guy set up screens out wide. Um, what do you think the passing game is going to look like entirely? Is it going to be very similar to San Francisco's? Or do you see some room for error here? I think that it's going to follow the trend of San Francisco. I mean, we're bringing in a defensive-minded head coach and bringing in an offensive coordinator that is also coming from the same system. And in San Francisco, like that offense does not throw the ball deep. It's just not what they do. They like to keep things short. In 2022, Jimmy G threw 12 passes over 20 yards and four over 40 yards. Um, now we can't rank him in, in the – league totals because he did not play an entire season but he played the most for the Niners this year just Uh, put it in perspective that's like about one pass attempt per game over 20 yards yeah Um, which is is sad and I wouldn't expect the quarterback situation in Houston to be better than what Jimmy Garoppolo could have provided so I don't think that we're going to see an explosive offense I think that we're going to see a lot of short passes and this is useful for fantasy Um, If one player emerges as the target demanding guy, like if there's one receiver that is demanding all these short yardage targets, all these screens and these slants, like that guy will be fantasy relevant. And whether that's John Mechie, whether it's a rookie, whether it's Dalton Schultz, like there is a chance for, I think, one pass catcher to be very fantasy relevant in this offense. We haven't seen it. Well, I guess Brandon Cooks was relevant just two years ago. But it, it was not there last year. You know, Nico Collins was still outside of the top 40 or 50 wide receivers. Um, so whoever it's going to be, you can take a shot on late. They're not going to be expensive and you can only hope for the best, right? Wide receiver one role in an offense is still relevant. Moving across the division, we go to the Indianapolis Colts. 
They fired Frank Reich midseason last year, already mentioned. And they also fired offensive coordinator Marcus Brady. They bring in Shane Steichen, the Eagles offensive coordinator over the last two years as their new head coach. And Steichen brings um, Jim Bob Cooter in as his offensive coordinator. Love saying his name, but Jim Bob was the offensive coordinator for the Lions from 2016 to 2018. See some flack. Um, many thought that he was in over his head. Um, he's still relatively young. I think he's still in his 30s. So at the time, he was a very young offensive coordinator. He was Jacksonville's passing game coordinator last year. Uh, probably a very valuable position working underneath Doug Peterson last year. We saw Trevor Lawrence hit all-time highs in his second year. I mean, it's not hard to go up from your rookie year, but it was still impressive the jump that he made. Steichen was one of the best offensive minds available in the NFL this offseason, and the Eagles were the second most efficient offense only behind the Chiefs in 2022. That's all I got. What do you think about this coaching change? I think it was necessary for the Colts to do. They they needed to get away from Frank Reich, which was the, the run first kind of offense. And I think that 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 Steichen will will bring a similar outlook on the game. I don't think that they're going to go insane with a rookie quarterback throwing the ball 35 times a game. I don't think that'll happen, but I think they'll be a little more aggressive. We saw the Eagles take plenty of deep shots this year with Jalen Hurts, and I think they could do that with whoever they bring in. Um, and there is a chance that this team could end up trading with the Texans. There's a lot of rumors going around that the Texans don't want to take a quarterback, so they could be looking to trade up to two. Um, so there's still a lot out there, but given a, a, a quarter, a rookie quarterback and in, in this offense, I would expect JT to just absolutely feast again. I think last season was a fluke um, barred due to injury. Like there wasn't much he could do with terrible offensive line. I would expect JT to receive a workload that we would expect him to get. Yeah, me too. I think the wide receivers may need to wait um, to make that big of an impact. If there is a rookie quarterback at the helm, you're going to see some inconsistency, but I think the group is going to be, it's stapled down by Michael Pittman. He's big and only 26 right now. Very reliable target. Um, I, I think he's the only wide receiver I'm willing to trust, even if they bring in one of the higher caliber ones in the draft. Um, Alex, Alec Pierce gives a decent second option already. Um, but again, give that group as a whole a couple years um, before they're really impactful in fantasy football. Yeah, I wouldn't bet on the receivers this season. Head over to L.A., yeah, uh, the Chargers fired offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi. They brought in QB coach Shane Day, or fired QB coach Shane Day, and they hired offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, who we just talked about, left the Cowboys this season. Um, Kellen Moore has led one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL for a few years now. I mean, McCarthy is saying that he doesn't want to be the number one offense in the NFL, in the NFL like they were with Kellen Moore calling the shots um and he's coming into a situation in la that's just fantastic like they have so many weapons right now this offense could be very scary um they produce the most efficient offense in 2021 and now you're combining them with brandon saley one of the most aggressive play callers in the nfl i think that this is like a match made in heaven yeah i mean i comparing who dallas had last year to uh, who the chargers have this year you're going from C.D. Lamb and Gimpy Michael Gallup and a strong running back duo, um, but you are jumping to 
Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, who are arguably the best wide receiver duo in the league. You have Gerald Everett providing another solid big frame in the red zone. And then you have the best red zone weapon in Austin Eckler. And now surrounding all those weapons around Justin Herbert, who's arguably the most talented quarterback in the league. I love Kellen Moore's arcade football nature. It is beautiful for fantasy football. We've seen Dallas players at all positions, Dalton Schultz, tight end, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper at wide receiver, um, Zeke and Tony Pollard at running back, Dak at quarterback. All of them are fantasy relevant. I think we're arguably upgrading at every single position here going from Dallas to LA, and that's a compliment to both teams. Both skill set groups are really talented, but I'm very excited to see what Kellen Moore can do with this offense. I feel like you're going to see Chargers, as they have in recent years, underneath Joe Lombardi, top every position in the rankings. Yeah, I, I know we talked about, we were talking off the air earlier about Jordan Addison. Imagine him in this offense with Kellen Moore. Keenan Allen let go. I think that there's just tons of room to produce. I know that's not the topic of this episode, but if he ended in this offense with Kellen Moore there, like they're going to put up fantasy points. And I think Addison would be just ridiculously good of a fit here. Going from West Coast to East Coast, covering the New England Patriots, who finally have an offensive coordinator. They hired Bill O'Brien, who served as their coordinator over a decade ago in 2011. He was a former Texans head coach for seven years during the 2010s. Alabama's offensive coordinator last year. O'Brien's capable of, he's a well-respected coach among the NFL and collegiate ranks. I mean, he's got a brilliant offensive mind. That's what he's always worked with. Um, He's produced at every job he's had. Um, However, the, in, in Houston, Um, You could blame it on O'Brien or you could blame it on Houston's room. He wasn't the most productive. Yeah. I mean, as the head coach in Houston, he, the highest that he finished in his six year term, there was 16th in total yards in the NFL. Um, That's not super encouraging. Um, However, he comes to the Patriots um, who haven't been able to produce a potent offense since the departure of Tom Brady. Um, and now he has Mac Jones as his quarterback. And I do think that Mac is his loosely fit style of quarterback, a pocket passer. I think that's what Bill O'Brien likes. That's what he had at Penn State. That's what he had in Houston. And that's what he'll have at the Patriots. So I do think it's a good match for him. I think that he'll mesh well. However, I wouldn't expect that this offense just explode because of his arrival. Um, I would think that Juju benefits the most from this. I don't know about you. I, I other than that, like Ramon J. Stevenson's still locked and loaded. Like that hasn't changed. This isn't, this is not one of the exciting changes. Yeah. New England's offense, it didn't entice me last year. And it's not going to begin to entice me this year after adding Mike Kosicki, um, Juju Smith Schuster, losing Jacoby Myers. I think it's pretty lateral transition there between personnel and the skill set room. I don't think Mac Jones is that good of a quarterback. Um, you could see Bailey Zappi stepping back in. And I feel like it's it's not entirely ruled out in the range of outcomes. So this is one of the coaching changes that I'm just going to shrug off. Like, okay, like uh, I'm not I'm not changing much. I'm not fixing up the numbers or uh, getting hard eyes over it necessarily. Um, 
staying in the division here, we'll move on to the New York Jets, which I think is like everyone's favorite team to talk about right now. They fired offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur, hired offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, who was the head coach of Denver last year and the Green Bay offensive coordinator from 2019 to 2021. So that that time in Green Bay, that that is what is the major connection here that we're making that we're focusing on is is he was the offensive coordinator for Aaron Rodgers back to back MVP seasons. And Aaron Rodgers is a extremely likely candidate to be under center in New York this season. Um, you, can't, you can't confirm it yet. Like I'm, I'm still skeptical. It's confirmed. It's confirmed. He like Rodgers will be a jet. It's just. It, I got to believe it to see it. All right. Fair enough. Or I got to see it to believe it. There we go. That's the right. Believe it to see it. Um, Hackett was poor in Denver. We all know that um, they're notably one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Um, and they had a Hall of Fame quarterback. So what's going to change? Why, why he's switching from a Hall of Fame quarterback in Russell Wilson to a Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, tentatively, I'll say. <laughs> um, but I think that they have a connection. We know that Rodgers loves Hackett. He's worked with him in the past. And it's, it's very possible that the fact of the matter was that Hackett and Wilson just weren't able to see things the same way in the same light. Yeah, I mean, to say Nathaniel Hackett and um, Aaron Rodgers have worked with each other in the past is a bit of an understatement. He was a back-to-back MVP of the league with Nathaniel Hackett as his offensive coordinator. I mean, they spent three years together in Green Bay, uh, ending in 2021. So it's not like they've had that much time apart from each other. Uh, They definitely gel well. Hackett understands Rodgers and vice versa. Um, so this is like a match made in heaven if it happens. Um, but I'm not willing to close the door on anything weird happening surrounding Aaron Rodgers. What do you think Garrett, Garrett Wilson's upside with Rodgers would be? Like wide receiver six, mid-tier, mid-tier wide receiver one. Do you think Lazard can take him out of that just based on Rogers connection with him in the red zone. Nah, I mean, we saw Christian Watson displace Alan Lazard as the lead receiver in green Bay midway through last year and comparing Christian Watson to Garrett Wilson is like comparing my Honda Accord to my uh, Lamborghini. Yeah. Yeah. You have a Lamborghini. All right. Right. Yeah. You're Nissan Altima. (laughs) No, but there is a significant, gap between Garrett Wilson and Christian Watson and then Christian Watson and Alan Lazard. I don't see Alan Lazard being any wrench in plans here. I agree. I'm not concerned. I, Garrett Wilson's one of my favorite receivers in drafts if Rodgers is there. Um, but let's switch divisions and let's go south. We're going to NFC South. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They fired offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. They hired OC Dave Canales um, who is Seattle's quarterback passing game coordinator previously um this is a difficult scenario to break down the seahawks have had russell wilson for years playing at a very high level so based on that performance it's hard to decide how much of that offensive production to attribute to canalis or to russell wilson yeah i mean and we we saw geno smith secede last year and dave canalis is credited with some of his success so i it's the the jury's still out on this guy too much like uh petzing 
with Arizona. Um, we don't know much about Dave Canales. We just know he's worked with very successful quarterbacks. And so it's kind of like a chicken or the egg um, debate here. But we do know the Buccaneers struggled last year with an aging Tom Brady. Still, they threw the most pass attempts in the league with 751 last year. It's 40 more than anybody else. Um, the change at quarterback is necessary. You can't be lean that far into a passing game to be a successful offense. Um, Seattle middle of the pack with 573 attempts last year. So I like this hiring, but I don't really know what it means for fantasy football yet. Yeah. Um, I think that this offense is going to be a dumpster fire. Um, it's not a good hire. It's not, it's, it's not a bad hire. It's not anything special though. Um, Baker Mayfield's probably going to be the quarterback. Um, and this would in turn cut them off of being a pass heavy offense. They were one of the most, they were the most pass heavy offense the past two years with Tom Brady there. And now they're, this is going to change. Um, I think that it hurts Mike Evans much more than it hurts Chris, Chris Godwin. Is that uh, just because of the volume that they see? Chris Godwin receives more volume. So he's going to be less prone to this. Yeah, and his his targets are are safer and and more reliable. Like I I, I would if you were to tell me that um, Mike Evans is going to lose twenty percent of his target share as well as Chris Godwin, like I'm going to trust that. Like I'll take Chris Godwin's seven short yardage targets per game opposed to Mike Evans' two deep shots per game. Like I, I'm going to take the volume. Um, and the high quality targets there. I think that this really hurts Rashad White, though. Last year, we saw him excel in the receiving game. And now, like, Baker Mayfield has never thrown to his running backs. Um, and that's who the quarterback is going to be. So what do you think that he'll be worth heading into this fantasy season? I still think he's a solid RB, two. Him and Fournette combined for, like, 121. No, way over that. Like, 134 targets or something absurd like that and they caught both 50 catch guys i think they caught damn near 90 percent of their targets um so st- the variables can't change a whole lot to the point where we're going to see rashad white have less than 50 targets in a year he's still going to be uh ample target um a lot of volume and i i don't care who his quarterback is they're capable of completing a check down to him so i think he's a little less vulnerable to that where do you have him I'd see him as a low-end RB2, possibly an RB3. I, I'm i not high on him. I think that there's going to be limited opportunities for touchdowns. And with a decrease in the receiving game, like, where's his value? Like, where's he getting his value from? I just – I'm not high on him, and I probably won't leave any drafts with him this year. Okay. Going to Philadelphia. They lost their offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, to the Colts. He took the uh, head coach position with them. They promoted their quarterback coach, Brian Johnson, to offensive coordinator. And I, I don't think anything is going to change, really. Um, they promoted from within. They had the most potent offense in the NFL in 2022, um, Kansas City being the only offense that could rival from them. Do you see anything absurd changing? No, and this is, this is the only coaching change I think that we have here that we really just don't need to talk about. I wouldn't expect anything to change for the Eagles. I think that... Um, Jalen Hurts will still run for touchdowns. They paid the man $250 million. I think that he's still going to air it out. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, they're all good options. 
that's pretty much it. I mean, that's we'll see. You know, we'll see a running back emerge. I guess that's the one thing we can like ponder on. But right now, I I can't even answer the question. Enough to say about Philly. Let's go yeah. across the division to the Washington Commanders, who fired their offensive coordinator Scott Turner in favor of Eric Bieniemy. Um, Bieniemy, I think. But we saw Bieniemy be the Chiefs' offensive coordinator for the last five years, and at the Chiefs. Um, he led the best offense in the NFL, uh, arguably historically. Uh, much of the success can be attributed to Patrick Mahomes. However, the Chiefs still had an elite scheme and uh, very successful. Eric Bieniemy has been one of the highest uh, ranked coordinators for a while, rumored about any head coach opening as of recently over the past few years. What do you see this hire implying? So, I mean, with the absence of Tyree Kill last year, they were still the top offense in the NFL in terms of total yards um, with Juju Smith-Schuster as their top wideout. Um, so now he gets to go to a juicy wide receiver room with Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, uh, just exceptional weapons, like much better than what the Chiefs had last year. And what they do last year, they've had the best offense and they won the Super Bowl. So I would expect that there be some volatility here because under Bianami, like we've, I mean, we saw Tyreek Hill, I guess, gain a, the target share in the offense aside from Travis Kelsey. But I would expect volatility because last season we saw Juju have a week, MVS have a week, Hardman have a week. I would expect something similar in Washington. Um, I do think that McLaurin leads the charge. However, I think that Dotson could be a very, very good receiver this season. Um, and I don't think that Sam Howell will be a bad quarterback. So I, I do like the situation that Bianami finds himself in. Yeah, I mean, um, is, when comparing the receiving cores, like you already mentioned, they are he Bianami is working with a lot more than what he had at Kansas City. Mm. Kansas City, he was working with like great value brand Oreos and graham crackers and trying to make a s'mores sandwich out of it. And it was a fine sandwich, let me tell you. Um, but here in Washington, he's got some name brand Nabisco graham crackers, a Hershey's bar with Terry McLaurin. He's got some legitimate pieces that he can make something uh, worthwhile with. Now, quarterback, like you already mentioned, that's more important than this offensive coordinator hiring as to who's going to be relevant and who's, and who's not in the offense. Do you think we'll see a like will we see a wide receiver in this room that is consistent? Like someone that you're not concerned about whether or not they're gonna donut. I mean, when we talk about consistency from a wide receiver, what are we saying? Are we saying that they're going to produce five catches in 50 yards or yeah. someone that we are going to start every single week and we're going to consistently count on them as in starting fantasy receiver? Because Terry McLaurin is that guy. I'm going to trust him to put up points every single week. I'm not sitting on the sideline getting cute with Terry McLaurin's matchups. I think he's a legitimately good wide receiver in the NFL, and I feel comfortable consistently starting him week in, week out. He's only due to top 100 receiving yards against the Philadelphia Eagles last year. He did it twice. So, yeah, I think he's going to be consistent in the sense that we can start them consistent production. I don't know. I, I can't count on anything. 
Yeah, I agree. I think McLaurin emerges as the top dog, but I'm more willing to pay the price for Jahan Dotson. He's going to be a lot cheaper, and I think that he'll post some massive stat lines this season. You can get him five rounds later, um, so pretty good discount there. That's going to do it. That's 13 head coaching or offensive coordinator transitions that are going to mess up some things for fantasy football. Thanks for listening. 